Are you finding the implementation of systems and structures in your business difficult to do and you can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel? Are you wondering what you need to do to truly revolutionise your career? Well, in today's episode, we're talking about how accountability and laser-like focus can totally revolutionise your career and how implementing systems and structures into your business in small bite-sized pieces can have a huge impact to help you achieve those big goals you've set for yourself. Today, I'm sitting down and talking to two incredible agents, Louise Lupton and James Tosterman from Marshall White. Now, Louise and James are going to be dropping a massive real estate bombshell, and they'll also be talking about how we can implement these systems and structures into your real estate business and how it's led to their own wealth and freedom. Stay tuned because I'm going to be dropping this massive bombshell and I can't wait to share it with you. And welcome to this special bonus episode of the Build Your Best Life video podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Storer. I'm a hardworking real estate agent and I'm a sales coach. And it's my mantra to build your best life. And I have been doing exactly this. And throughout this podcast series, you'll learn how you can grow your GCI revenue and profit by implementing proven sales systems and structures. You'll also learn how you can grow your team, EBU and agencies, and how you can truly harness your real estate career to provide you with the systems, the wealth and the freedom that you've always dreamt of. So if this is the life that you want to live, make sure that you do tune in and subscribe to this episode so you get notified every single Tuesday when the episodes go live. Now, in addition to working one-on-one with a select number of agents and agencies all around Australasia, I also have the Build Your Best Life coaching program, which comes complete with a success manual. Now, in addition to the success manual, it also comes with live forums, it comes with coaching programs, it comes with live webinars, but the success manual is all about systems and structures and templates. Essentially, it's a 90-day journal that is going to help you really change up your real estate career. It's going to revolutionize how you do your business and it's going to make a huge difference in terms of your increased GCI. So if you want a feeling of what these templates are and you're not a part of the program, you can grab one of these freebies that I'm giving away as part of the podcast series. All you need to do is head to sherrystorer.com forward slash level up. Now, this freebie is all about goal setting. So it's going to help you determine how much GCI you want to write. And in order to do so, how many properties you need to sell, how many you need to list and how many listing presentations you need to do. And this particular template will help you personalize it all, especially for yourself. So again, if you want that little freebie, you need to head to sherrystora.com forward slash level up. Now, this podcast simply would not be possible without my amazing superstar sponsor, ListReady. Quite simply, they are the leading vendor paid financing solution when it comes to advertising and styling and renovating. So if you haven't heard of them as yet, or if you have and you want more information, you need to go and check out their website, list-ready.com.au. Now, let's get into today's episode, and it's a biggie, which is why I have made it this superstar bonus episode, and we all love a bonus. Today, we're going to be talking with Louise Lupton and James Tostevin. Louise Lupton is one of my one-on-one coaching clients, and until most recently, she was the principal and co-founder of Lupton Ferguson Real Estate in Mount Eliza. Now, she really sees that her best assets in life are her family, her team, and the relationships that she's built in her life. And she sees that these trusted relationships have really created this kind of loyal fan base, which have then been only too happy to spread the word. She lives in Mount Eliza 
Eliza with her husband, Tim, and two of her three sons, uh, Sam and William. Now, James. James is, of course, one of the directors and an auctioneer for Marshall White. He is currently living in Mount Eliza with his wife, Sim. He is, you know, has got over 35 years of experience when it comes to this amazing business of, of real estate. And he has been acknowledged as one of the top, you know, three performers in Australia for the last five years running. Now, he now lives in Mount Eliza with his wife, Sim. He has got six children ranging from the ages of four to 30, and he's also grandfather to two children. So please welcome to the Build Your Best Life podcast, Louise and James. So Louise and James, welcome to the Build Your Best Life podcast. I'm super pumped to have you here, but look, let's get straight into it. Dish the goss. Tell us, what is this big news that we have been hearing whispers about? Go, James. Okay, well, we're starting up, uh, Louise and I, and also Adrian Calcedo and Chelsea Gibson, starting up uh, Marshall White Mornington Peninsula, uh, officially based in Mount Eliza to start with. And uh, we're commencing the office in September, uh, or opening the office in September, and looking forward to bringing uh, the Mornington Peninsula clients that have benefited from Louise, Adrian and Chelsea's experience, and obviously all the, the Marshall White contacts together. Uh, it's an exciting time. It's great. Well, it is pretty big news. So, Louise, tell us, I mean, how did all of this come about? We work together one-on-ones. We've known each other for a while. But mm. how, did, how did you manage to pull this rabbit out of the hat and decide that you wanted to work with Marshall White and it all kind of come into fruition? I think probably it started probably before Christmas, I think it was, last year. And it was just conversations. We just started a conversation. James approached me. He, he moved down to Mornington Peninsula. He, so we, we just started discussion. So it's taken, it's taken a long time to get to here, but it's so exciting and I know it's the right move and I can just see that, you know, it's going to be amazing. And, but there was actually a family relationship. So you were, you were friends. I knew Hamish, James, James's brother, like 20 years ago, long time ago. Yeah, right. So look, I mean, in this podcast, originally, Louise, you and I were scheduled to sort of do this one-on-one. But, you know, when, of course, all this big news came to fruition, we said, okay, James, would you mind coming in and being a part of this? Let's really work this. And, and I knew you didn't mind sort of being the, the side side piece and, and joining us. I'm not happy being the sidekick. I like to um, hide in the background and right through my career. <laughs> we, love, we, love a good, we love a good gate crash. So I think just going back into, you know, what you mentioned, because it's not just yourself, Louise and, and, and James, as you mentioned, you know, there's also, you know, two others that are in cahoots with you in opening this office. So, you know, James, you're one of the greatest, you know, real estate agents in modern times when it comes to Australia, and you're well recognised as, as that. And, you know, I'm really keen to understand, you know, for somebody who has the skill set that you do, why you actually chose, you know, that to work in conjunction with others in opening this office. Can you share with us what the thoughts and what the mentality was behind that? Yeah, no, sure. Well, I'm 53 years of age, so I'm just a fraction older than the other three. Um, <laughs> Louise is significantly younger than me and uh, Adrian and uh, Charles are 34. So it was really a combination of reasons. I mean, obviously, whilst I've got a number of contacts on the Mornington Peninsula, as have the Marshall White team in their entirety, um, it was really trying to, I guess, broaden the base, that great saying in life, the, the wider the base, you know, the wider the foundation, the higher, the higher the pinnacle, um, in terms of what we might be able to achieve. So I think it was uh, being realistic about it too. I mean, I didn't have the contact or don't have the contacts 
that Louise does, and and even our our sales team with Rob Ferguson and and Diamond Cass and and others within the team that are going to boost our profile substantially in the short term, and. I guess touching on my age, after 35 years, I probably just didn't feel like going it alone. And if I was 33 or maybe 43, uh, I'd like to think my energy levels are high and Louise will confirm that. They're, I think, exceptionally high, but they're not so high that I was, I was wanting to do it by myself. That's probably the simplest answer. And obviously, Louise and I felt from day one there was a great an easy rapport and a really great connection. And then obviously it went beyond that. And then uh, Chelsea had approached me when I moved down to Mount Eliza to say, are Marshall wide opening? And at that stage we weren't, but we just sort of kept in touch. And Louise suggested I, I ring Adrian, make contact with Adrian, as his business partner was moving to Queensland for a change of lifestyle um, for a number of family reasons. So it was just a combination of reasons that we came together. But uh, that's sort of in a nutshell without going to agonizing detail, how it came about. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, it's really interesting because I see a lot of um, businesses and a lot of principals who want to grow their teams and they expect it all to happen in a moment. So it's really nice to hear the backstory that this wasn't like, let's have a conversation and it transpired mm. the next day. It has been a series of communications that have occurred over a very long period of time to get mm. you to where you are at this particular point. But James, just going back to, you know, you mentioned this 35 years and the fact that you've been in the same marketplace for 35 years. And when we look at the REB kind of top 100 list, we look at a lot of those people who are at the very top of the list and they have been in the same marketplace for a number of years. Do you think that that's really key to becoming a successful agent in addition to skill set? It is, you know, really working that same marketplace and being known in that same marketplace? Yeah, definitely. It helps uh, enormously. I mean, the reality is that um, you build up contacts and you build up a profile and you become known in a certain marketplace. And I've had high visibility because of my auctioneering where I've done over three and a half thousand auctions in my career. So you, you get out in front of the buying public a lot, not just at open for inspections. And I've there's 16 directors at Marshall White, six are on the board. I'm one of the 10 that's not on the board and I've never wanted to be on the board. There's responsibilities and time that comes with that, which I have chosen to dedicate to other things, which have been maybe for more selfish reasons, but there's been to benefit a huge benefit to the company and huge benefit to me personally. So no, I agree with you. I think it's, um, that was one of the hardest things about the decision to, whilst I'll definitely keep my, um, you know, sorry, I'll, I'll uh, keep my hand in that market. Absolutely. Um, and my son, Charlie, who one of my six children works in Burundara, um, well, has been with to obviously work that market with Hamish, my brother, and his uncle. So, yeah, I, look, I think it's crucial, absolutely. But for me, it was a lifestyle choice, as Louise mentioned earlier, and I moved to Mount Eliza last September. Um, Jack, who's four from my second marriage, the other five kids are 24 to 29. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, play a major role in him growing up. That, that was the significant reason really behind the move, to be honest. Mm. Well, it's interesting that you sort of um, say this because for somebody who has, you know, taken an, an interest as an agent watching you on stage and at various other different kind of um, coaching platforms and hearing you become so laser focused on your career, it's really interesting to talk about how now you've got a different kind of perspective on, on life, which is obviously a big part of what my work is, which is building your life both in and outside of real estate. You've obviously harnessed the skill sets internally in this business, but now you want to also enjoy it from a different point of view. So congratulations. Yeah, no, thank you. No, that was a huge part of it. I think uh, everyone just thinks I, you know, live, breathe, sleep, real estate, the old cliched saying, but I mean, I do when I'm actually at work, but uh, I know Jack 
who I mentioned before, when I wake up in the morning, as he did today, and said, is it a holiday today? Because, of course, um, <laughs> every four-year-old thinks it's a holiday every day. And I feel like I'm, you know, I'm stabbing myself in the heart, let alone him, when I tell him uh, it's a work day and I have to tell him I have to sell houses. And he says, why? And I said, because we need... So we sort of start, started saying that we need money for food and supermarket and whatever. And he says, but we, we don't. We've got everything we need. And <laughs> so it's quite funny, the, um, his perspective on things. But no, he just wants to play. And I mean, he's like an only child because the other five are so much older. Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, yeah, like it's always been important to me. I'm, my family, uh, I think everyone knows that, you know, I've always said in my training, coaching and mentoring, you know, what's get, what gets me out of bed. And that's, um, I guess, giving my family a fantastic life and having amazing holidays and uh, having a decent amount of time off. So those mm -hmm. things have always been important. But sure, there's been a switch to a degree um, by starting up Mount Eliza with Louise, Adrian and Chelsea, that's been a, a significant thing. Yeah, well, look, it's really refreshing to see. And as I said, that has certainly been the theme behind this podcast, in addition to having exceptional skill set and developing that skill set, but actually really working out what it is that you want in life and, and chasing after that and making that happen. So good for you, because I'm sure it was, was quite a big step. I mean, what did the other directors say at Marshall White when you announced, hey, listen, I'm buying in Mount Eliza and, you know, I'd really like to open an office there. What was, what was the conversation? Was this shock value? Were they aware that this was on the, the, the game um, Apart from you've got to be effing kidding. Um, what did they say? Um, no, I think, uh, <laughs> no, I think when I moved down, I know the managing director said to me, um, well, he thought it was, there was an inevitable move to that market. I think he realised that it would, it would be difficult to sustain uh, driving the whole time. It's only sort of about an hour. It's not a ridiculous drive. And I'm not the sort of person to listen to the radio. I'm, I'm on the phone all the time. So I use every precious minute, but two, two and a half hours or thereabouts, depending on traffic every day, it was two, two and a half hours. I wasn't spending with Jack, obviously, uh, that, and Sim for that matter, my wife, and also work-related. I mean, yes, I'm making phone calls, but it's still not quite the same as sitting at a desk and, uh, and just nurture calls, prospecting calls and away you go. So uh, was there shock? Oh, look, there was to a degree, I guess, because as you said before, it's, so I've been part of a market for such a long period of time, but as a significant fee rider within the business, it does give you the flexibility to make you know, important decisions that have an impact personally on my life first. And, and that's really the key thing. And beyond that, I think the company absolutely still benefits. Yeah, wonderful. So, Louise, I mean, you obviously were the director and the founder of Lupton Ferguson, along with, you know, with Rob Ferguson. So, you know, how is all of this kind of change impacting you and your business? I just think it's exciting, Sherry. Like, I look at it and go, you know, where we're headed and creating a bigger team. I feel like it's a new challenge and I was ready for that. Um, so that, I think that's the main thing. And I think that's why, you know, I look at Lupton Ferguson, I'm so proud of what we achieved um, over a short period of time and to take market share. But I can see now this is the next step and I am so excited about it. So yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, I must admit, you know, looking from the outside in and being involved in, intimately in your journey um, mm. as, as an agent and, and next levelling it as a business owner, it has been, you know, impressive to see what it is that you have built in, in Lupton Ferguson. And so much so, I think I've mentioned to you that even people such as Tony Blamey, who's, you know, in high level management with Domain saying, what's going on with Louise? She's doing really great things out in the marketplace. And evidently, <laughs> you know, James thought so too, right? But, you know, 
from your um, from your business, so does this really mean that you know Lupton Ferguson is going to be absorbed? You are now a director in the business along with Chelsea and Adrian. Can you just sort of explain all of that to the marketplace? Yeah, exactly. So Lupton Ferguson um, will be, I suppose, merging with Marshall White. So it will be just Marshall White morning to Peninsula, but all the team from Lupton Ferguson will become Marshall White as well. So that's exciting as well. So um, it's still really the same team. We're just growing, we're getting bigger and, and um, yeah, so, and we're going to be able to push into Mornington as well. That's why we're, you know, Adrian and Chelsea are on board. Um, so yeah, it, it is good in that sense, but yeah. So your existing team, when they heard the fact that this was actually occurring and that you were going to be in partnership with Adrian and Chelsea, but also, you know, James Tosterburn, I mean, what did the team say? crazy because it's sort of been a, a journey hasn't it James like it's been a journey for all of us and so it hasn't been just straight away this is what we're doing it sort of has grown and evolved I suppose over the last seven months so um, now we're at that point the whole team's so excited I think everyone's we've got an office that's now nearly finished and everyone's just excited about being in there so I'm really looking forward to you know that'll obviously come to fruition in about three weeks James I'd say round about if we can Yep. So, um, yeah, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing the whole team in the office. And, and I can just see the energy, like James talks about, you know, he's 53, but I think he's got more energy than any of us. So, um, and I, that's where I look at it and go, well, it's only going to help the rest of us. You know, he's been there, done that, and I can really see it as a as, as the next step and next challenge. And, and, um, and, you know, being in business, like I've always loved being in business. I've always worked in a lot of small businesses over the years. So I just see this as the next step and yeah, I'm loving it. It absolutely is the next step. And, mm. you know, I now want to hit the rewind button and, and talk about your kind of journey and what I have seen you sort of develop into. And I remember I was trying to work out when we first initially met, was it at my, um, my breakfast in 2018 at the Women in Real Estate um, breakfast series? Was that the first time that we met? Maybe it might have been an Eric when I was at EVU, it might've been then. Well, I, okay. I was, I was the first trying time. To, yeah, I was trying to recall. And I remember mm. you got in to do a, um, I was doing a, um, an, an event there, which was all on something or other. And, and for some reason I had to fly back home um, to Brisbane early and I couldn't end up doing the, the conference That's or right. the seminar. And, yeah. and I said, look, Louise, don't, don't cancel instead of, you know, and it was such a, a low cost, but I said, don't cancel. I want to do a one-on-one -on -one with you. Do you remember mm. this? Yep. We and met we, in town. We did. We did. What was yeah. that name of the fabulous hotel that we're at? The Langham. The Langham, of course. Um, so we caught up at the Langham and we had this exceptional sort of one hour of power sort of, you know, into your business. And we were sort of gone going into it. And then after that, you're like, Sherry, can I do one-on-one -on -one coaching? And I was like, absolutely. I was so excited <laughs> to be working, to be working with you. But, you know, in that time together, mm. you know, um, I want to talk about what was occurring in your business because there was some real change that you wanted to make in the business. But do you remember personally as a performing sales agent, what was going on? The market had shifted and mm. you had gone from, you know, selling a lot of properties to property's not necessarily running out, out of the door. You know, can you fill mm. us in at that point in time when we first began working together, mm. what had happened the quarter beforehand? Yep. I think I was running at that time, I think I had about 17 listings. So I had a lot of properties. I just couldn't get them sold. And everything had dropped. The market had dropped. So it was the end of 2017. We started working at the end, uh, start of 2018. 
So I had the properties, I had had it there, had the DCI, like, but it was just working out how we were going to move it. And so I did a massive amount. You worked with me and we went through the entire stock list. I remember the day and we went through everything. I switched things to auctions. I just did everything I possibly could. Um, you gave me a target for that quarter. I still remember it, that 2018 January to March quarter. Um, and I looked at you and said, you've got to be kidding me. Like, there's no way and ended up smashing it. Um, but And that was the best feeling. I think it was a mindset thing more than anything. Um, so, yeah, we worked through it as to how to shift this, these properties and, and lots of price adjustments. Um, and then, yeah, you gave me a goal and I achieved it. And, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was a pretty remarkable time because, you know, as you said, your mindset, I think sometimes when you get into this point, it's really hard to kind of get out of it and dig yourself out. And it's all about that mindset shift. But also you had a you had a glass ceiling there. And we wanted to make, you know, even that next 90 days, literally a life changing and career changing 90 days to know that you could actually do something mm. amazing and, and fabulous and also sell all these people's homes so that you didn't have to keep talking to them and feeling bad yeah. that they weren't yeah. selling right. So I love the fact that you got hyper-focused and we focused in on that next 90 days. You know, as you said, you looked at the stock list, you know, you made price adjustments, you get ab you got advertising, you switched them over to, to auctions, but you got face-to-face -face with people and you let them know that you actually had a loss focused on their properties, that in actual fact, you're going to go into the next stage and you're going to ramp it up. And it did result mm. in those unbelievable kind of quarter. And, mm. you know, I really wanted to, to talk about this because, you know, there is a lot of people that you know need i guess either a penalty or a reward to kind of you know <laughs> you know what i'm gonna I say i know where you're going with <laughs> in order to really get this hyper focused and especially when you're not feeling kind of so great and you're feeling like okay how do i dig myself out of this and so as you said it seemed like this monumental kind of how on earth am i going to achieve this target now mm. in your case you wanted a reward and the way yeah. that you're motivated is by reward can you share mm. with us at that time what did you set that reward to be if you achieved your your target gci for that quarter so I wanted to buy myself a ring and um, there was a, there's a shop in Collins Street called Jan Logan and um, I just love her stuff. And so I told you that because I had to think, she said it had to be, Sherry said it had to be for me, not for the boys, not for Tim, like it had to be for me. And um, so I said, okay, I'll, you know, get this ring. So you then made me go to Jan Logan, pick out the ring and then at the end, and I actually, I think I smashed the target by, it must have been, I think we were at the end of Feb. So I had another month to go. And so I remember going back in with my husband, Tim, and we'd ordered it. And then I went and picked it up and I look at it every day. And that's from smashing that target. So, <laughs> so it means that I look at that and go, it's achievable. So, yeah. Well, it's something for you, but it's a constant reminder about your, yeah. you leveling up. It's a constant mm. reminder that, you know, when things are tough and you're trying to put together deals, hey, listen, go back and work with those hot buyers, get them to come through. So it's not yeah. just about the actual material item. It's more about you knowing that you, you, you've you got this, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. And you're so super competitive, you know, with... <laughs> 
I guess, in yourself, but also with with yourself, a bit like the other men that we're talking to in this podcast. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I saw through this period, instead of focusing on what the competition was doing, you really got hyper-focused on what you needed to do and getting competitive with yourself. So mm. in setting these kind of goals and, you know, then remember we talked about putting them behind your computer so that you are eyeballing them every single day and you moved those properties from listing presentations to listings to sales. I mean, that really keep you in the zone and keep you hyper-focused on achieving this, this 90-day goal. It still does now. Like I was actually, I um, sent James a message, I think it was Friday, I was doing my goals and James has been doing the same thing. And, um, and I actually have in my bathroom um, the list of my GCI and what my target is for the year. And, you know, James and I just sold one yesterday and I was quick to put that on as well and where I was at. And so it, I look at it every day. And so I think when it's visual, that's when I think that's what you changed in me was make sure everything's visual. So my goals and my target, my, I look at every morning. So I get out of the shower, I'll be doing my makeup and I'll be looking at that every day. So that has never changed. And my vision board. Which is yeah. super powerful and super important because if you don't know the figures, if you don't know where you're up to, if you're not keeping yep. focus on what needs to happen, it's so easy yep. just to cruise in life. And yep. you didn't want to be a passenger. You really wanted to take it, you know, life life literally in your own hands and move forward with it to build mm. your version of your best life. Mm. So, you know, talking about KPIs, um, I mean, have you guys set some KPIs for, for the new business yet? Or is it still in, okay, we just need to get this happening? Where are you at with that? Over to you, James. <laughs> yeah, we have, Sherry. I think uh, having said that, it's probably more targets, financial targets. Yeah. I mean, I used to be individually really, really focused on listing numbers and sales numbers and, and also gross business written. And I've probably become far more focused over the past few years on gross business written. I don't really care how I get there because the average commission has obviously crept up and naturally the value of the properties has, has gone up a lot if I look at my career. So that's a factor. But I think if you look at the most successful agents, um, that's what they have, a, talking about laser focus, that's what they have a, a real focus on. So certainly we've, um, <clears throat> excuse me, talked to Marshall White about numbers, absolutely. Um, in terms of listing numbers, sales numbers, they're different to what I've done previously because I'm stepping into a, a, a you know, relatively new market for me and also the average sale price is not quite as high as the Melbourne offices so there's a few things there that are that are factors but that's what we'll be looking at certainly gross business and obviously the salespeople, not only Adrian and Shells but even if you look at the team that we've built around us very quickly mm -hmm. I mean we've been able to effectively bring not just the Lupton Ferguson but a couple of other recruits which will really add I think enormous benefit financially and otherwise to our office, then all of those people combined are going to make, I mean, we've got 15 people to start a new office, which is a lot. That's including admin people as well mm. and a property manager. But it's a pretty decent number to start an office in Mount Liza. It certainly flies in the face of what all the other local companies are doing. They're much smaller in numbers uh, and it's just entirely different. So we hope that's going to have a big impact. Yeah. Well, look, it, it certainly is a very um, smart way in which to start a new office and to start a new business is in terms of finding somebody who is performing really well in the business to find a company that's performing really well and, you know, absorb them in addition to other salespeople and recruit some other salespeople. 
you know, the, this game plan that you're sort of talking about. And, you know, for you, you're obviously going to be wearing two hats. You're going to be wearing a hat in Mornington Peninsula and you're also going to be wearing a hat in, in the Melbourne offices. So, you know, essentially this business that you're starting from scratch, I mean, I want to hear what the game plan is. I want to hear about what you're putting most of your energy into first and foremost, the systems and structures that you're looking to put into place so that everybody is going to get traction as quickly as possible in addition to the current pipeline that they already have. I mean, Marshall White is a known entity in Melbourne and by default, People will know the brain in the morning to peninsula, but it still is offered. So tell about this. Share us, share with us your game plan. I think for me, um, a massive part of it, um, Sherry, is just the the training, the mentoring, and the coaching, which you touched on earlier. I'd like to think I've been partly known for over the years. I've always enjoyed that. And the appeal of my training is it's when I say it's one on one, it's the fact that I'm at the coalface. I'm not saying look. This is what I did 10 years ago, 15 or 20 years ago. This is what I'm doing currently, which means I'm more successful and you will be more successful uh, if you choose to, and yeah, if you choose to embrace a lot of the things that I recommend. And I think scripts, um, it's funny, I'm not going to mention who, but there's some trainers out there that probably that's so rehearsed, so perfect in their delivery that it becomes insincere. So you've got to be really careful of that. I remember one of our directors saying to me, years ago, it sounds like it's the first time you've said it to anyone and it's far from that, but there, there is a unique talent being able to do that. And then I think the prospecting nurture calls that I've been known for too, that would be the number one thing I think I'm known for in the industry over the years. It's just my discipline and energy that I direct towards that. You obviously hope as Louise, Adrian and Chels do that there's going to be a, a massive rub off, uh, you know, in terms of benefit to the team. And if I could spend a moment on Chelsea, I mean, she, is incredibly successful in her own right, yet in her 13 years in real estate, she's basically, she admits she's done or been exposed to no training. So mm -hmm. the company she was with, very successful, but it's an indictment on that company to be blunt, and I'm nothing but blunt sometimes, um, that they haven't had some sort of sales training in place to actually make her an even better performer. Whereas that key director of that office, he takes the individual responsibility and, and accolades for her success rather than trying to let her grow more and become mm. an even better operator again. So in terms of game plan, that's a massive part of our game plan. And obviously the other part of the game plan is just the size of the office and the number of people we've got, the team that we've got will catapult us to some great results quickly compared mm. to our competitors who run with much smaller numbers of agents in their offices. Mm. Well, it's really interesting that you say this because obviously I have been working now full-time as a coach for the last three years, but I have been operating offices and, and businesses and I still sell today because I think it's really important that we are hands-on, you know, as coaches. Otherwise, you become so far removed and out of touch. And it's one of the reasons why I chose to, you know, to really do this. I felt so frustrated. I would listen to these scripts and dialogues that you're talking about and I'm thinking, there's no way ever that I would say this to anybody. Like, that is just mm. so impractical and today's world so i think it is really important to be like at the front knowing exactly what's happening you know with buyers and sellers what people are, are telling you what works what doesn't work so that's really kind of key I'm, I'm loving that you're talking about this and you know talking about the calls yes you are really well known for prospecting calls <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for <laughs> highlighting that hi there it's me it's sherry stora and i'm interrupting this interview with a special shout out to my sponsor list ready now 
if you haven't heard of these guys, you need to go and check them out. Head to their website, list-ready.com.au because they are going to change how you look at VPA in this marketplace. And in fact, these guys really are the leading VPA finance solution in Australia. Now, there are a number of common themes that are running right throughout this podcast series and vendor paid advertising is most certainly one of them. Now, this is not just because it helps grow an agent's business, but it's really about delivering those exceptional outcomes to our sellers in terms of price and also in terms of timelines. I must admit, I do understand that as an agent, it can often be challenging for an owner to actually find those additional funds to prepare and market their home correctly. And by default, this kind of becomes the agent's issue. So I've always used you know, VPA finance solutions, but I never really found that overall encompassing kind of right option. That is until I heard about List Ready, and now you know why I'm so excited about them. I guess essentially what they do is they, they look at all costs, whether it be renovating, landscaping, marketing, or staging a home right up to $25,000. It's really simple to use, and in fact, at the listing presentation, you grab your phone and you complete an online application form, which literally takes a minute to complete. And within a couple of minutes, once there's approval, the funds will go directly into your trust account. So this is extremely powerful and important because there's no hidden cost, there's no hidden fees for real estate agents. It's really a service that's been bought out of necessity for agents to help their sellers achieve the best possible prices. And in fact, it is actually List Ready's mission statement to actually provide and be the best value for vendors. So look, if you haven't already, go and check out their website, list-ready.com.au, or alternatively, give them a call on 1300 254418. But you know, I want to talk a little bit about this because for me, I've heard for so long, you know, for the last 20, 30 years in our industry, particularly as we start to really understand the importance of the value of trading, we've heard about how important prospecting is. To me, I think there's no point prospecting unless you absolutely can smash out a listing presentation and close it nine out of nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10 times. But talking about these prospecting calls, and there is a difference between, you know, a, a cold co- uh, prospecting call and a warm prospecting call. So the fact that you're actually moving into a new marketplace now, and, you know, you essentially are acquiring a database by working with, you know, by acquiring Lupton and Ferguson and, and some of the other salespeople. I mean, tell us what you are, are really looking to do in terms of these prospecting calls. Who are you planning on calling first? And, you know, what are your numbers around those those calls? Uh, the numbers for me, Sherry, have been 200 uh, a week consistently over a long period of time. And that's not 200 connects. I mean, to be so let's say I make 200 calls, I'd, I'd probably leave between 30 and 50 messages some weeks. It depends. There's so much luck involved with when you ring people. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's been a significant thing. At Marshall White, we certainly hope that the salespeople ring a minimum of 100. But obviously, there are many, many agents within the Marshall White team that make significantly more than 100. But that's the, call it the benchmark. I mean, I don't know how real estate agents survive making 20 or 30 or 40 phone calls. But I mean, let's think of 40 phone calls for a moment. That's eight a day. I mean, forgetting Saturday and Sunday, that's eight a day. I mean, it's just a, it's an absolute embarrassment that there are agents around, and again, I'm being blunt here, that think 40 phone calls a week is actually enough mm-hmm. to not so much just uh, survive in real estate. I mean, I've sort of always been a massive believer. Do you want to actually prosper? Do you actually want to be successful? But sadly, some people are happy to be mediocre and, and they're happy to be average. And, you know, if there's 20 people in the office, they're happy to be in the top 20, not the top 10 or the top five, the top 20. Mm. So I think in terms of that, that's a, 
a big thing. So yeah, for me, uh, as you say, coming into a new marketplace, I've already got hundreds of people that live on the Mornington Peninsula that are clients of mine uh, in Melbourne. And the Marshall White team, if you look at the Marshall White team of 100 odd sales agents, in their entirety, they've got a significant number of people again on the Mornington Peninsula. But my role, as Louise will confirm, it's not just to bring in local business. I mean, obviously, there's some benefit of me doing that. But it's obviously what I can do in terms of uh, the training, coaching, mentoring, and obviously recruiting has been a big thing already. Uh, mm. And obviously, I started with my three uh, partners. And uh, beyond that, I think, as said, uh, uh, we've built a fantastic team in a short period of time. So mm. I hope that answers it without going into agonizing detail. But yeah, for me, <laughs> one of the challenges is gonna be, um, as obviously getting back to some of the cold, warm calls um, to people that I've had, you know, little contact with um, previously. But, you know, I, I know what to say to people. It's just a matter of getting hold of the, the, of the leads. Yeah, and I think let, let's sort of, you know, just go into that in a little bit more detail because, as you say, a lot of your prospecting calls now are to agents to recruit, right, because that's your your role as, 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 a, as a director. But also, you know, there is this really big stigma in the industry around, around calls. And exactly as you say, you know, there's a lot of agents who are scared to pick up the phone out there, even, you know, career agents um, that sometimes kind of get into a bit of a hole. We also have, you know, high-performing agents that are constantly sort of saying that they feel guilt around, you know, not making enough calls. So, you know, it is interesting what you're saying here, but I also want to clarify that, you know, what you're talking about... Um, in terms of working warm calls will be very different to those with cold calls. And, you know, that this is an essential ingredient to really level up and to lift your business. So when you're making those warm calls, you know, the duration, you know, the, the quality of the conversation is very different to, for example, a, a cold call um, and dealing with somebody fresh, right? Correct. Yeah, definitely. I think what I experience generally is when I say to someone, how are they? I mean, how are they might be on the basis of knowing these people for 17 years or 22 years and they'll say, how are you? And again, a lot of agents make the mistake of going into business mode rather than talking about family. So I'll say, thank you for asking, Sherry. I really appreciate it. It's a nice touch, a nice thought. Uh, my kids are great. You know, talk about Sim and the kids and, and some people will refer to my children by name and certainly Jack being the last of my six. Uh, we'll say, how's Jack? How's your little baby? And I'll say, no, he's not a baby now, he's four. <laughs> um, so people sort of get a little bit, you know, they lose track of time. But there really is a warmth to those phone calls that makes it easier because the skill with making uh, nurture calls or prospecting calls, and probably nurture calls is a bit of word because some agents hate the word prospecting, um, is really just making sure there's, talk about easy rapport, that you've got an easy rapport with clients and that they mm -hmm. think of you when they're ready to sell or mum scaling down in size or their brother or sister or whatever has been transferred into state for work. Not as much happening of that happening at the moment. But when it does happen, uh, I think that puts me in a great position in the box seat to be the first thought of. And if I've got a head start and a big head start because of seven, eight, 10, 15 years of contact or longer, I mean, the longest I've chased someone for a listing is 32 years. Well, I've only been in sales for 32 <laughs> years. Um, I looked at it in 1988. They'd been there two years. And then I took Charlie, my son, in who's 28. And they were laughing that they'd known Charlie, um, they'd known me for longer than Charlie had. Um, but 32 years, people think of 32 years and go, that's just a ridiculous period of time. But I might have dedicated, you know, a couple of phone calls a year. It might be three minutes of phone call. It's six minutes that I've dedicated to the, the one client. The skill is doing that over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. But if you don't have an easy connection, uh, you've got to think to yourself, are they worth 
keeping on the database. Uh, I'm also known for my sheer will to win, a bit like Louise, and perseverance. But you've also got to be smart about it sometimes to say, they've moved outside my core market. Is it really worth me maintaining regular contact? And you've got to think about that contact moving forward as to how you handle it. Regularity of phone calls. And some, if they've moved way out of my core market, uh, especially in the States, they'll get back to maybe just an email only, which that was something I picked up, you know, years ago from someone who did a lot of coaching uh, for Marshall White. So um, that was a smart idea uh, because not everyone's going to be, you know, relevant to my database forevermore. Exactly. I love what it, what it is that you're talking about here. I think it's incredibly powerful talking about keeping this warmth in the phone call and the fact that you're actually showing yourself because I think a lot of agents out there are trying to be real estate agents. So they're trying to kind of be this two-dimensional kind of version of what mm -hmm. they think an agent should be. But as we know, people want to do business with those that they can trust. They actually typically, you know, on a, as a whole, don't trust real estate agents. I mean, every survey, every single year tells us that. So it's about doing the, the business with people and you, as you say, putting the warmth and actually sharing mm. yourself in addition to just asking about them because that's what a relationship is. It's sharing on, on, on both angles. So I'm, I'm particularly um, pumped to hear you talk about that because this is what agents want to hear today. They want to actually know what they can do to get the cut through and to get the trust. And, you know, what we have seen through this, you know, crazy time of, of year um, with COVID is we've seen a lot of people talking about just getting in there and burning and churning right now. But it's actually the agents who have really developed those relationships and those mm. trusted kind of relationships that now when people want to buy or sell, they're picking up the phone to those people, not the people who are there right now, correct? Yeah, and it's just an extension. So the current phone calls I'm making, Jerry, are really just an extension of what I would normally do. So the phone calls are longer. Uh, there's certainly um, a priority uh, is given to asking how they are, how their family uh, is currently and how they're coping with what we're all uh, going through and have been going through and what we continue to be going through for a while yet. So that's a really critical part of it. And as again, Louise will confirm that there's messages I'll give to the team around the structure of those phone calls, human being first, not real estate agent yeah. second. I'm talking real estate agent mm -hmm. 10th or 20th, like a long way down the list. People in inevitably let the conversation drift to real estate and say, how's your industry coping? How are you going personally? And again, I'll talk about family stuff and, and what my kids and um, yeah, just what we're experiencing. So they think just he is a natural person. He's an easy person to relate to. Yes, I'm energetic. I'm really enthusiastic. But to someone that you don't know, let's say orphan data. Orphan data is a massive opportunity for our industry. Someone gets out of real estate. They leave the industry. Yet those leads generally with most offices, Cherry, they just go... They're going to the never-never, like they would never be contacted again. Whereas they're a brilliant opportunity at any time. A little bit more challenging at the moment because when you do get on the phone, one thing I always say with cold calls, you've got to use the word initiative. You know, our, someone from our company met you a year ago, two years ago, and opened for inspection. I'm just showing some initiative by making contact with you, by reaching out to you. And yes, you have to ask how they are, but... I guess initially that person doesn't want to talk to you for long. That's inevitably what happens uh, because you are literally ringing them from, from a, a list. It is truly a cold call. So that's always important. But that initiative word, Australians love to be, they love enthusiasm. They do love contact and follow up, but they don't like to be harassed. And there is a big, big difference there with getting that right. 
I think, as you say, Aussies love an underdog, right? So if you're sort of showing some initiative, then they're going to see you as an underdog and they're going to want to support you. And I think, you know, then they will take share of that kind of success that you grow in, in years to come, which I'm sure is, is a strategy that you've employed over the years. And talking about family, I actually called your son, Charlie, who I know obviously works with you in your, in your office in, in Melbourne. And I wanted to ask him to share some things that I suppose we don't necessarily hear or see a lot about you on the internet, right? So um, I know you're unaware of this. I really wanted this kind of insight into, you know, who you were past, you know, the, the man that we all hear and see so much about when it comes to, to training. So I want to quote exactly what he said to me. And he said, and I quote, he cannot understate your generosity. As a person in training, sharing listing opportunities, time and knowledge, and the opportunities that you afforded him and his other siblings, that you absolutely worked your ass off to provide for your family and the school fees alone, and the pressure that must have that you must have been under surely would have been absolutely crushing. So, you know, and that you worked so incredibly hard and you didn't see him as often as your other kids saw their parents, but in doing so, you provided more opportunities. To, to him and to, you know, and to his brothers and sisters. Yeah, well, that's very nice. Uh, I'm, I think well, we have a great relationship, but I think I have a, an amazing relationship with each of my six children. And I know Louise is the same with her boys and how much that means to her. So look, yeah, when people talk to me about life highlights, I certainly don't talk about professional ones. I mean, uh, I love the success that I've had, but um, really for me, it's the you know, it's the family getting together for my 50th in the south of France three years ago. It's been to this, going to the Super Bowl, which I've done with Charlie and Ed, my twin boys, to Miami, um, to Florida earlier this year. Wouldn't want to be there now, but uh, Miami <laughs> and uh, San Francisco four years before that. Um, and if someone wants, I mean, I don't personally love gridiron, but the boys do. And if you want to look up the cost of Super Bowl tickets, they're eye-watering, I promise you. So I need to sell quite a few houses to achieve those things. <laughs> but... They, they're, they're things that are, you know, we had 18 members of my family together in the south of France at this unbelievable hotel and out on this phenomenal yacht for a day and, and that was all for my 50th. But having our family together and my stepfather, who's sadly not with us anymore, but that was just such a memorable thing. So, yeah, they're the things that are important. Um, and I guess going back to the very reasons I've made the decision I have, uh, Jack is just such a, a focal point, not to say the other five, we're an important God, as Charlie said, I, you know, I just worship the ground my kids walk on. I live and breathe mm. for my kids and, and Sim and the lifestyle I can provide for my family. I mean, it's not corny. It's just the reality. I mean, that's literally what gets me out of bed every day. Mm. Well, to me, you know, real estate is often a family business. And, you know, I see a lot of um, people who are working with their children in, in real estate or working with their partners or their parents or, or you name it. Um, and I also, you know, talk to and work with a lot of people who have children who are still kind of growing up. For me, it's very rare to, to, have, to have this kind of conversation where the children really feel grateful for these opportunities. Now, looking back, I mean, he was also telling me about the time that, you know, you'd be driving them to football practice or whatever, and you'd still be smashing it out on the phone <laughs> in, the, in the car and so forth, right? Um, That's so not a good say, thing, but yeah. <laughs> he did say that you were on the, the phone a lot. Um, but, it, but also too, you know, hearing Charlie say that, were all the phone calls in the car, was all the time away from the family, you know, hearing these words that he said, like, 
do you think now it was all worth it? Because it sounds to me like you've got a second chance and you're looking at life quite differently. But it sounds like you haven't probably got it too wrong the first time around either. No, I haven't. But there's a, I think Louise will say there's guilt with real estate agents because the reality is as the kids, when the kids were really young, they had, um, you know, I think back to Mads playing netball and when the boys played their rugby union, they played at a really early hour on a Saturday morning. I was able to get there. But the, the penalty, or I guess the price we pay, is we don't get to see, as the kids get older and their sport becomes a bit later on a Saturday, it's right in the middle of the day and I missed some grand finals and some things that you go, I will never get that opportunity again uh, with my children. So, and obviously just the sheer commitment the Saturdays uh, as again, as our managing director says, you know, we work an extra six weeks a year. And, you know, that's why you've got to be careful around things like holidays. But you get the, a few clients that think, oh, God, you're on another holiday. And I feel like saying, mate, if you knew the hours I work, pal, you would not be yeah. complaining about the, <laughs> the bloody holidays I take. Um, you know, I get up some days at 3, 3.34, 4.35, and <clears throat> I'm just working. I'm working when uh, others are sound asleep. And um, in terms of the kids, yeah, so look, it has been... A juggle over the years at times but i'm glad charlie thinks that and the kids did say to me just a couple of months ago we never felt we missed out uh, in terms of the uh, the other thing i used to be smart about it was i bookended my week so i'd always get home earlier for family dinner on monday and much earlier on a friday so i had that time and then the swimming mads was a victoria in the victorian state squad and that was 10 sessions a week and the room that two girls did as well I was the one that did those early starts. So, I mean, I think those sort of things and just tearing around a sport and changing my schedule around as much as I could to be at my kids' sport was a, was a really important thing. And, and that was something that uh, worked incredibly well for me over a period of time. So, but Jackie, I just feel like a little bit of a second chance. You're right, Cheryl. I think, um, I think any parent that goes through uh, being a parent for the second time in a different relationship has a different perspective because my first five kids, I was 24 to 29. Mm. And then Jack was born when I was 49. So completely different maturity levels. And obviously financially, I'm in a very different position to what I was when I was much younger. I mean, I had no choice then, literally no choice. Mm. Now I've got choice. I just choose to work hard anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting sort of talking about this because, uh, you know, I know that you originally started in property management before going into sales. And, you know, obviously there was something at some point that decided that you needed to go pro. Was it, was it your family that kind of ignited this fire in your belly? Like what was it that made you decide to really take this seriously, buckle down and to really make it work? I think for me, I remember living in a single fronted house in Ardrey Road, East Malvern, and we had um, uh, five children, as I mentioned, and then my ex-wife had a child from a previous relationship. So, but at that time there were five kids in this three bedroom single fronted house. And we had a big 35 foot long family room, but tiny little courtyard. Um, and really when I talk about no choice and then the kids going to private schools from prep right through, I always joked that the kids, it was motivating and pe people would make comment about the fact I had a lot of kids. And I'd say, you will not meet a more motivated real estate agent than me. I mean, I don't care whether you interview five or 10 or 20, you won't find one. And I meant it. Like, I wasn't joking. I was bloody dead serious. That um, in terms of energy levels and get up and go and oomph, and, uh, they wouldn't meet. And I demonstrate that with what I did in terms of my contact and follow-up. So to me, I mean, it's one thing to say something to you, one thing to say something to people, but you do develop a reputation and over the years. And people will know if you cut corners. You know, they, they know mm -hmm. that someone says, I, this is what I do. And you think, no, you don't. 
You don't actually do that. You don't actually make 200 calls a week, whereas I do make 200 calls. I make 200 calls, in fact, 205 calls last Monday, Tuesday, just in two days, but they're quality phone calls. They're not, you know, some people talk about an average of a minute, minute and a half, and that's amazing that they do that. But that's not building rapport. That's not getting to know someone. You can't possibly build a business relationship on the, on the basis of such short phone calls. So. The days of the burn and churn are most definitely gone. And if you are still operating like that as a real estate agent, like you're not going to be around forever. People will see through that. They don't want that type of, of business relationship with any kind of professional in their lives any, any longer. Well, so, that's why I went to, that's honestly part of, you know, significant reason I went into business with Louise and with Adrian and Chelsea is they are very genuine people, likable people. and. You know, Louise and I initially spent a lot of time, apart from the business discussions, really getting to know one another. And, you know, one night I, I felt like I was on sale of the century um, on steroids because Louise asked me a million questions about me and my life and just want to make sure she liked me as a human being. But I, I really liked that. You know, it wasn't um, just a business relationship. Um, but, yeah, Louise, again, well, uh, it's, it's her turn to talk. I think I've had my fair share. <laughs> well, actually, Louise, I'm keen to kind of explore... You know, we've just finished talking about James and having this fire in his belly, which was his family, like being a very motivated agent. I know that your family is certainly your why, and it's also a big part of what motivates you. Um, and, you know, Tim, Tim, the boys are certainly the case. But, you know, for a long time there, you were actually a single parent and supporting, you know, two, two, two children. Um, tell me, you know, for those parents that are listening now, what advice would you really, you know, give to them when they're sort of struggling with that balance of trying to make it all work? Okay, well, firstly, three children. Three children now, <laughs> I know, but I mean, at that time, it was two, I don't right? know which one we missed. No, yeah. At the time, it was three. It was, oh, three. was still Benny, three, right, yeah. Yeah, Benny's now um, 21, but yeah, back then, that was 12 years ago. Mm. Um, I think you've just, somehow you've just got to make it work. And if you've got that drive and that passion and you really believe in it, things will come and I think as James was just saying before I didn't have a choice so I had to try something you know when I stood up with my ex 12 years ago it was like, well, where am I going from here so I didn't have a choice my boys saw me work very very hard um, and really I was on my own and then you know it was four years later when I actually got into real estate I hadn't long met Tim um, and Tim did support me but I'll tell you now I was on 40 grand and it was tough and I did the yards and I, you know, I walked every street and oh, I, I just think I, I have a, a memory of walking, you know, two third acre properties and pouring rain, listening to Fleetwood Mac in my ears and like thinking, you know, but I did those hard yards and I look at it and I go, it was all worth it. But my boys saw that and my wife's always been my boys. And then Tim has supported me, my husband, since you know I first got into real estate and it's only been eight years so it's nearly eight years next month yeah which is absolutely huge because I think that there that is one of the I guess the common themes that I hear when I work with people the the struggle and you know it's, it's easy for me to say so I don't have I don't have any any children but I do hear this constant you know guilt that you bring up before James where you know parents feel guilty for being at work but then guilty for being at home and it's you know mm. somewhere along the lines we've got to kind of drop the guilt and make it make it work because you you've got to be in that moment whether you be at work or whether you be at home you know Louise what I know about you is that you are a very you know nurturing loving kind of caring person you know do you think this will be a big role for you and the team kind of moving forward this nurturing 
Absolutely. I think that's part of it. You know, James is bringing the training and the sales side of it, but I'm, I'm hoping that my part of it and, and what I've done, and I suppose, you know, in it's quite scary to think that I finished school at 25, 27 years ago, but in that time, I've worked in so many different small businesses and, and learned so much along the way and had some amazing mentors that have helped me. And I think that's where I see my role is, you know, helping, you know, a lot of the staff with the other things that go in behind, you know, go on behind the scenes, you know, so, um, you know, systems, processes, um, making sure everyone's got everything that they need um, to move forward. So I think that's where it's just such a good combination of people. And I, that's what excites me more than anything. I can see that, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Well, I know that that has always been a big, massive, you know, driver for for you. And I have seen you develop and really build on this skill set, you know, in the time mm -hmm. that, that we've been working together. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, to, to give, I guess, a couple of, of examples of this. And, mm -hmm. you know, just even in your in your team and, you know, we, you mentioned a bit um, earlier in the in the podcast, James, about um, Dom, and, Dom and Cass. So, mm. you know, I can really see that you have mentored them and have really, you know, helped along with Rob, you know, develop them as real estate agents in, in the business. I mean, give us, you know, in a, in a snapshot, how you have seen them grow. Oh, they're just an amazing couple. So Dom and Cass, um, for everyone out there, they are married. Um, I think they've been together. They said last week, how many years was it? 26. 26 years, yes. So, um, but Cass, they've, they've both got sort of an accounting financial background um, and Cass came in to help Dom three years ago. So she gave up the accounting side of things. But to watch them in three years and to where they're at now and now taking that next step, having James behind them as well, it's just amazing to watch them. And, you know, yeah, there's a sense of pride there that I've been able to provide them with as much as I possibly can and give them the tools. And But at the end of the day, it's up to them. They're, they're the ones that have got to make it happen. And, you know, and that's what they're doing. So it, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know that you've also invested in them too. So I know that, you know, you invested for them to come and do my 90 day mentoring mm. program um, with yep. me. And I think, you know, it is really wonderful to, to instead of just seeing agents as individual profit centers to see them, mm. okay, well, let's build longevity in your career and let's mm. really help you put in the foundation systems and processes. Let's nurture yep. you, let's do some give back instead of just the constant taking, which is how a lot of agents feel. So yep. I know that they're very grateful for those opportunities on the other side. So, and I know that they'll be listening to this, to this mm. podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> hi, Dom and Cass. But, you know, going back to when we first started working together, and I remember doing our, our due diligence. Do you remember this? Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> our, this due diligence. So, initially, when I first started working with agents one-on-one, -on -one, we sit down and we do a due diligence in terms of where you have been, where you are, and where you want to go. And Louise, I can hands down say that this was still even to this day, probably the most difficult um, due diligence that I have ever done. And, <laughs> you know, it, it was so trying because I suppose what I saw of you was this amazing, remarkable woman who was putting everybody and everyone above herself and her family. And I remember, you know, being really direct and really blunt with you as, as often mm -hmm. I can be, um, but said with a whole lot of love and, and kindness. And I thought, look, this is either going to go one of two ways. This is either going to be, Louise is going to be like, yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> or she's really going to suck it up and, and move it forward. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this, by the oh, way. Oh, go for it. No, because, all good. 
Because for me, I think this is probably one of the things that I'm most proud of watching you in your business oh, journey. Thank you. Because I really saw the easy option would have been to say, you know what, I'm out. I'm yeah. out. But you actually listened to, to what I said and you really leveled up. And mm-hmm. as a direct result of that, you know, um, instead of just being the, the nurturer, which is a really important part of the role, you also set some guidelines, you set some boundaries mm-hmm. for yourself, you set some targets mm-hmm. and some KPIs, you started mm-hmm. putting yourself as a priority, and you also mm-hmm. started in your business, and you also started putting your family as a priority. And mm-hmm. remember, I was sort of saying to you, every time you say yes to this, you're saying no to your family. Mm-hmm. And that was something that really hit home, remember? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I think just going back to that time, you know, here was this remarkable woman that was kind of, you know, not making this a priority. What did you learn from that conversation? Do you remember? Uh, I think it, I walked away initially and, um, and I really had to think about it for 24 hours, which was good. Um, so it made me realise that um, moving forward, I had to start to put myself first and, Instead of, you know, and even the staff that I had on board um, was more about making sure that I have the people there that can actually help me take that next step. Instead of going, she's a lovely person or he's a lovely person. It's not just about that. And I think that's where I saw a real shift in myself was, and I remember you saying to me, you need someone that's going to come in and clean up the mess behind you that you leave. And as soon as I got my head around that was, the whole recruiting process changed. And so, you know, my PA at the moment, Steph, is just amazing. And she cleans up the mess behind me and James will say that as well. Like she's, she's just a little gun and, and I don't actually, she thinks before me. And, you know, when you, when you have that right staff member on board in your team, you can just, it just makes life easier. It means that you can have more time for your family. Um, and she's always got my back. I've always got her back. But by the same token, it's just nice. I, I've learned a lot as to who to have in the team and who's the right person for the team. It's not just about that person's a nice person and they're great with people. I've got to work out what it is that I love to do and what I want to continue doing and what are the things that I don't actually really love doing that much and get someone else that's bloody good at doing that, excuse my French, and have them doing that side of things and that they actually love doing that side of things. So that's where that massive change came in. And that was obviously back in January, February, 2018. Yeah. And look, yeah. look at how, look at what's happened as a direct result of that. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting because looking, you know, at bringing them into that business alignment and understanding that not everyone is going to be a match for your journey, I think yeah. is also really important, but also not being a passenger on their journey, understanding yeah. that there's times where you guys will come together and there's times where mm-hmm. people will, will kind of move on. But, you know, you did provide those boundaries and the opportunities for them to sort of step up and to grow within the business and you did that Mm. unbelievably well you know as a selling principle that you have been operating in for for such a long period of time in your personal ebu you know you talk there about having needing you know to have the right team members there and steph has certainly you know been there when you look back now what would you say to somebody who's just starting their their journey of building an ebu or getting a pa for the first time what would be your advice that you would say to them Look at what you really need because everyone's got, as an agent, we've all got different skill sets. Like some people love going out and styling a house. I don't like, I give that to someone else to do. I love connections. I love building 
the main reason why I do what I do is to help people on their journey. So I love that part of it. So I would never have that taken away from me. So the other side of it is looking, so looking at what you love to do and then go, okay, well, what do I need? Obviously admin first. Admin is paramount. So you can still build connections. But then after that, you know, if you're going to bring, you know, I'm looking to bring someone else into my team. And I've been literally in the, over the weekend, I was sitting there going, okay, what do I need? And that'll be where James will come into play and help me with that. But I've really been making a list of what do I love to do and what can I get someone else to do? So I think that's important. Don't just hire someone because they look the part. Like trial them. Here's another thing you taught me. Trial them for a couple of days and see how they go you know get a feel for them and they can get a feel for you and if it's not right move forward mm. exactly yeah. very very beautifully said so you yeah. know what we've heard here is that training and skill set is incredibly important here and we're all yeah. advocates for that i mean we've all been to Eric a number of times but james i mean famously you've been every to every single one which i think is what 22 years or something um incredulous yeah, no, I'm very proud of that. In fact, I always say after, after John McGrath, well, given it's his conference, he should have been at each one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, look, it's been a phenomenal conference. If some, someone said to me, you know, who's guided me, who's coached me, who's had a profound impact on my career, um, I think I'd certainly say John McGrath. I think uh, I look at the REB um, Top 100 Agents, um, Cheryl, did you mention uh, mentioned earlier, before we went online and you know 22 of the top 100 are part of McGrath's I mean that is just phenomenal I mean about a quarter mm. it's just extraordinary uh, that guy is a freak and uh, mm. he's just an amazing real estate agent but what he's done for our industry is just uh, you couldn't even put into words what sort of impact he's had it's been um, nothing short of breathtaking really and I look at the early Eric's and my favorite speakers and just what I learned from Bob Wolf I've always said you know, I reckon I've got energy, but he makes me look like I'm in a coma, that guy. I mean, he's just got, he's <laughs> off the off the Richter scale, Bobby Wolf. I, I love that man. He's just phenomenal. And um, I think Bob, Bob Bolden, again, I've never seen a man with more, seen or met, I have met Bob, the second Bob, uh, with more aura than Bob Bolden. Um, mm -hmm. Incredible. And through to the last few years where Phil Harris, I say unashamedly, is my favourite real estate agent in Australia, because he's just a genuine human being. He's just a nice guy. And, um, you know, to him, his wife, Jenny, and his kids, two kids, I mean, there's just nothing more important to him than those things. Matt Steinwade, um, again, just a great guy. I mean, I really, really genuinely like Matt. And uh, mm -hmm. there's been some great agents I've been exposed to over the years. And I really think Eric's been a significant reason why I'm in the position I am today. Uh, just some of the people uh, that I've learned from. The final thing I'd say on those sort of conferences, and with any coach, mentor, et cetera, and certainly when you go along to a two-day conference, people make the stupid mistake of thinking they're going to like all the speakers and they, they didn't like that mm. speaker and, that, and that, you know, that particular one for these reasons. Well, why would you like every single speaker? They're not always going to strike a chord with you. And I think the other thing is, uh, sadly in Australia, there's still a massive tall poppy syndrome. You know, he or she must be more successful for these reasons than I'll ever be. But they just make themselves feel better and they criticise the speakers to, to elevate themselves in their own mind. They looked in the mirror and they looked inwardly and they really said to themselves, these are things that I could be doing, should be doing, and I would be not just a better agent, but I'd be a better person if I actually chose to put these things into my life. Uh, then they'd be so much better for it. But a lot mm. of people are not capable of doing that. But I'd like to think I have been, uh, but it all started with John McGrath. 
Yeah, well, look, John is a pretty remarkable man. And I know um, I've been privileged enough to, to work with him and do listing presentations with him and, and love, love the man that he is and what he has created in terms of opportunity for our industry to change and, and to, to level up and to continuously get better. But it's interesting what you sort of say there about, um, about the conferences and about how, you know, um, not everyone is going to resonate with you. I think the thing that we also need to remember is that the people on the stage are real estate agents. They're not professional speakers in most cases. So they're super nervous mm. because this is not what they do all day, every day. Um, mm. So you just got to kind of get up and, and listen to the content and what it is that they're delivering instead of the way in which they're kind of delivering it. But again, you know, coming back to listening to you on stage, which I've done a number of times and I even remember back in the old days going up the escalators at, at, at um, Darling Harbour in, in Sydney up to the convention centre. But, you know, James, I just remember you just being this laser beam focus, almost like the Michael Jordan of, of real estate, right? Where, and what I mean by that is that <laughs> if you were either on site or you're off site, if you're a part of the team and you weren't doing everything that Michael Jordan believed that you needed to that you know, that they needed to do in order to really lift the team, then you weren't on the team, you were out and he wanted nothing to do with you. And I kind of saw a bit of that attitude, you know, of you, right, am I right or am I wrong? No, you're right. I was infamously <laughs> intolerant early days. Um, I worked from Jealous uh, Craig from 94 to 99 and I had a couple of young men that worked with me and I was, uh, there was little compromise on occasions with me, a younger James Soster, and I just didn't tolerate, I, I can't stand laziness, but uh, having said that, I've worked with some amazing people. And funny, I'm not even a, a great basketball fan, but that is a massive compliment to even compare me to the great man. But I have watched The Last Dance and I think um, it's just inspiring. But again, people can't help themselves. There's uh, people I've heard that I've just talked to that have criticised that um, <laughs> documentary, that series. Uh, the guy was a freak. And I think of the intrusiveness um, of the media and just the, the lifestyle he led as a result of his success is something that real estate agents don't have to contend with. Um, and, and the average person doesn't have to contend with. I mean, it, it's, again, it's just, you couldn't even compare what he would go through to the average human being, and especially in such a massive country like America. So uh, I think certainly over the years, anyone that has worked with me um, and some of my closest friends, Dwayne Wallowick's one of my closest friends, and he's the reason I met Simmy, met her at an open for inspection and thought she was a bit of a hottie and told me about it. So I'll always be grateful <laughs> for that. Um, so I followed her up as a buyer and, and that's how we first met. So, um, but Dwayne said, uh, as I have many over the years, that I've definitely mellowed and uh, I've definitely, and I have, but I, I think I've just set really, really high standards for those people around me. And the bulk of people who want to be better, you know, better people and better agents have followed those things. But you're not going to like every idea that I put forward, but I think if there's, it's, I've always called it the blueprint for success as basic and corny as that sounds. If you're prepared to follow what I do, um, really, you can't help but have, but have success if you're a nice person, because you still have to be a nice person. You have to be likable, approachable, and have a great attitude. And that's some of the things, Sherry, that you'll remember seeing on stage where some of the mistakes that speakers have made, where they've got up and show people the cars they drive and the lifestyle they've got. Now, don't get me wrong, those things absolutely drive me, but you don't have to show that, show the success you've had from a material perspective up on stage. Um, let people ask questions and find out about those things. Don't shove them down people's throats because Australians absolutely hate that. They want people to be humble. And again, that's some of the lessons I've learned along the way, um, definitely. It's really, really important to be more modest about your achievements. So.
Absolutely. I mean, the world, particularly Aussies, we don't like egomaniacs and we don't like infomercials. So we have to understand that. And as you say, be, be humble. People like a community spirit have a, that kind of charitable nature. Um, but I think, you know, I have certainly seen on that stage you changing and even just in the conversation that we're having now. And, you know, I'm sure it's through life experience where, you know, I'm sure that working in the team, you have these high expectations that you talk about, but it's also having this understanding that there's now more and you know just even in terms of bringing other people into the business and recruiting the right kind of people and having the right kind of directors as as part of the business do you think it's you know the life experience that's helped you to kind of change over the years and to have these long-term relationships with people yeah it has but i think you know credit to um and a lot of men will say this uh, uh you know credit to to send my wife um who's obviously had a significant impact on my life from a um from the, i guess she makes me laugh out loud every day so that keeps uh, things balanced and realistic and um she's the driving force in her own way she's uh, five foot in stature five foot in height but my god you know she says throw a pebble my way back comes a boulder and bloody hell is that true on occasions but um she is uh yeah she's great because she does keep me um Grad and there's perspective there. Working with Charlie, uh, who we've talked about a couple of times, that's been great for me as well. Uh, and that's been sort of five years of my life. And I'll say it's one of the joys of my life that, you know, and definitely the toughest thing about being based at Mount Eliza is having less time with him. That was definitely the hardest thing about the decision. It wasn't, to be honest, um, all my colleagues, even in Melbourne, even though that was a factor, mm -hmm. uh, it was definitely Charlie, because I've just absolutely loved that time with him. I mean, getting to see one of your kids, and as you say, Cherry, there's heaps of people that work throughout Australia with their husband, their wife, their partner, their son, their daughter or whatever. Uh, I mean, Sim says to me the whole time, Christ, I could never work with you full time. You drive me nuts, you'd be, you're too bossy. Um, but I think uh, that's been great for me. And I think just the people that I've worked with, if I look back at the, some of the team members I've had uh, and some of the things that I've done to reward them, from EAs to, to salespeople, the team trip each year, the bonuses that I've uh, paid twice a year, the time off, that I've given my team to enjoy life, not just feel like it's just about real estate. All those things have combined to help me become, I think, a better person. And I honestly think if you listen, the other great thing about Nurture Calls is you get a real perspective on life. You get to hear their stories if you're interested, and I am interested. So that's given me a real sense of balance and perspective on, um, on what other people go through and what they're going through at the moment is, is pretty, pretty profound and we hope not to go through it again in our lives. Well, it's interesting actually just talking about this because you know today we've heard a lot about systems and structures we've talked a lot about phone calls we've talked a lot about nurturing we've we've talked a lot about being you know essentially a good human first and then agent agent second and what that really looks like but there are a lot of people and a lot of agents out there that are feeling battered and bruised um due to due to covid that they have you know maybe have even just still in isolation in in melbourne or are coming out of it and you know, I guess I'm really keen to hear what your advice is to, to those people um, who are feeling that. Louise, can I ask you that question first? Yeah, I think when, we, when you're feeling that way, I think like we're talking about nurturing calls and I think James is right in relation. Like I banged into an agent the other day and he works in a completely different marketplace to me. And he said to me, oh, I don't know how people can make these nurture calls and say, how, how are you feeling? And I'm thinking, well, that just shows you care. <laughs> so, and it was just really interesting to see the mentality of some people and that person's been in real estate for a long time and I thought to myself wow we're actually doing something right like 
it's not hard to pick up the phone and just ring people and say, you know, how are you? That, and, and, and mean it. And then it'll be amazing where that phone conversation will go. Like, I know a lot of my clientele are oldies and I love selling for the oldies and they've all got a story. And I love that. But just to be able to pick up the phone and ring them and say, how are you? And genuinely mean it. Um, and I think that'll help you get through that time as well. When people are feeling bruised and battered, don't not do anything. Do something. Pick up the phone and ring and be genuine. And then you'll be amazed what will come from it. I'm, I'm seeing that in the last couple of weeks. So that's what I would yeah, truly recommend is, you know, and keep, keep your routine going. Um, doing those sorts of things, having a routine is oh, it's paramount. Get out there and, you know, plan on a Sunday your whole week what you're going to do and then make sure you do it and make yourself accountable so i think those are the things that you've got to look at as well well i love the accountability piece you know that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> james what do you have to add to, to to that uh yeah i think louise is definitely right i mean because i've made such a thing of the nurture calls today but i, I also want to be to the people that are listening to this or do, that do watch this i want to be realistic and balanced at the same time because i guess by my nature I, I'm one of those, I hate lockdown. I hate stage four with a passion. Like I'm a social person. I'm an extrovert. I, I love being around people. I love the vibe and energy of the office. You know, this crap that people talk about, it's going to change business forever and people are going to work from home. Yeah, some industries that might work, but real estate, it's hands-on. And I think people feed off my vibe, the, the energy and the vibe of an office and, and vice versa. I think, you know, it's mutually beneficial. So I think that's a big thing. And for me, I love um, seeing my older kids, seeing my parents, um, seeing my two grandchildren. Uh, I love going to the footy. I love going to dinner. I love catching up with friends socially. So I can't do any of those things. Mm -hmm. So I want it to be balanced at the same time. That And some people are just, it's water off a duck's back. And I that's great. I buy that. But mm -hmm. I say unashamedly, unashamedly I really, um, you know, September 13th can't come, come, come quickly enough. But then... The frightening thing for most Victorians is it's realistically going to be extended um, in some way and potentially even stage four, which for a whole variety of reasons is just um, excuse the French, as Louise said before, but it's shit. So uh, it would be absolutely terrible. So how I'm spending my time, there's only two things at the moment we can do. There's only two things we're allowed to do, uh, and that's the nurture calls and sales training. So to get your skills up, and can you believe, and I'm not saying this because you've asked me to, I just can't believe how many people don't have a coach, a mentor, somebody to guide them, look at the impact that you've had on Louise. Mm -hmm. And it just blows my mind. You look at the best sporting teams, uh, they've always got a fantastic figurehead, someone that gives them a different perspective, gives them a different opinion on what they're doing, gives them a sense of why are you doing that when you could be doing Doing it. And again, it's the people prepared to listen to you, Sherry, as you know, over the years and others that do the coaching and mentoring. So that's a really big thing. But sadly, there'll be plenty of people that treat it as a holiday and sit there watching Netflix and doing stuff all uh, as opposed to using the time productively. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, there is nothing wrong with having a bit of time out. If you actually haven't had a holiday this year, if you haven't had a holiday because it all started with Easter and you're feeling you, you had to work through that period and then all of a sudden, I think it's okay to take the break to get your mind ready to go and then to start doing it. Because I think if you're not in the right mindset and you're trying to just persevere and really you're not getting any traction doing anything, it's best to have the break and start fresh. But you're exactly I agree. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was just going to say one crucial thing on that is I didn't say before is I've chosen, which I've told Louise, Adrian and Charles to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the moment and work really hard in those three days. And I don't work Fridays and I haven't worked Fridays since Jack was born or in fact before Jack was born. Um, so I take the Thursdays off and we can't work Saturdays even if we want to. So working three hard days and taking four off and that's how I'm going to sustain myself for, for the next six weeks because that's generally how, I mean, in terms of my life, as you've said, holidays, I've made the point over and over today. It's a significant part of, uh, of what brings joy to my life. So the fact that I can't go to Noosa, one of my favourite places on the planet, the fact that I can't go overseas, um, oh, it's just, it's annoying. And, and we won't be able to go overseas for a long, long time, unfortunately. And, you know, I, I just love, I mean, Italy is my favourite country outside Australia. I just love being there and uh, I love the European summer. I love everything about it and uh, it's just a lot of fun. So you're dead right. That's, I should have mentioned that earlier. But, you know, someone might say, do you know what works for me? I like working half days Monday to Friday and I'll take the afternoons off. I think that's weird. But if they want to do that, that's fine. Weird because why wouldn't you have consecutive days off? It just makes more sense to freshen up and not think too much about real estate. So you're right. That's absolutely vital for people listening. Yeah, to be you and to do you. And I must admit, there's nothing worse. I could imagine them being down in Victoria at the moment and keep seeing all these agents up in, up in Queensland and, and in northern New South Wales having a great time at the beach and doing all these oh, yeah. long weekends and so <laughs> oh, Damien, uh, Damien Hackett, who's a lovely guy from yeah. Place, uh, obviously along with his wife, Sarah, um, and I've known Damien for years. And a few weeks ago, he sent me photos of the Noosa Beach on a beautiful day and said, I wish you were here. And I said, I won't tell him. I won't tell everyone what I said to him via text. I, I, I joked about it, but I wasn't too happy because he said, that's, uh, that's my second home. So I uh, absolutely love it. Well, that does definitely sound like Damien Hackett. He is one cheeky man. I love to yeah. it in where, where, where he can. He's, and I know that would have been set with um, with that Larry conspirit that, that he has. So He certainly, he certainly uh, well, he, in fact, he, he made the mistake, of course, of sending two follow-up texts about it. And I said, okay, enough. You know, like, I've got, <laughs> I've got your message. I've got, I've got it loud and clear. Uh, you know, he said, oh, no, I'm sure we'll see, up here. we'll see you up here soon. I said, yeah, I feel like saying, yeah, sure you will. So, you know. <laughs> He's a, he's a cheeky devil, I'm telling So I think, you know, really what today, we've heard a lot about these systems and these structures and really about levelling up. And even in, you know, through crazy times, there's an opportunity. And I'm really excited about, you know, watching Marshall White, Mornington Peninsula unfold. Louise, I am so, like, unbelievably excited to watch this next chapter um, in your career kind of flourish. And you know how much I love you and how much I've been <laughs> invested in, in you and, and vice versa. And, you know, even up to um, spending time together in, in Byron Bay, which was kind of cool and catching up with other agents. So, you know, if everybody else wants to follow you guys on the journey, where can they follow you, Louise? Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And what's your social handle? Oh, okay, good. I knew you were going to ask me that. I think it's pretty basic. I think it's Louise.Lupton on Insta and Facebook. Just search my name and it'll come up. <laughs> and James? Yeah, Louise knows that's one of my great weaknesses. You've hit the old... <laughs> I was just uh, waiting for you to answer that. As, like, this is going to be as good. Dwayne, uh, as Dwayne says to me, uh, throw the man some kryptonite. I, um, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm not... I'm in my EA updates, my Facebook, so which is... A, um, I'm not sure if it's good or embarrassing to admit. I delegate most things in my life, and there, there's another one. So, uh, look, <laughs> obviously, um, people can find me um, easily, uh, as they can Louise, but it's not something I've ever made... 
a focus of my, and some people have done so well. I mean, we've got a couple, a few agents actually at Marshall White, which is a couple, quite a few that have done incredibly well with their social media presence, but it's just not something I've ever devoted a huge amount of time to. Maybe it's partly an age thing. I'm not sure, but. Um, I think you're not that old. James, you have to get some from Sherry. Even Facebook, you know, being, I can't believe people, I mean, I, I love, socially catching up with people but i can't believe they're as fascinated with other people's lives online i just find that weird but anyway <laughs> maybe one of these days i might grow up and get used to it that's where you are showing your 53. yeah <laughs> well it is really just this extension of you know of offline networking but online and it's interesting actually that you bring this this up because this is how we're able to you know if you're in Dubbo if you're in Townsville or if you're in Canberra people are able to keep it on on track with what it is that you're doing and find inspiration because sometimes I think it is very inspiring to see what other people are doing and, and to know that that works well and you know obviously this has worked beautifully for you outsourcing now this came up the other day actually I was having a, co a conversation with um with the marketing manager from our sponsor list ready. And he was saying, I'll just check him out on, on social media and goes, Oh, you know, and I said, well, I think, you know, it looks like he outsources, outsources his, his social media. But I also did make the point and I said to him, you know, what's really interesting is that he's worked in the same marketplace for 35 years. He hasn't needed the social media. Now moving to the Mornington Peninsula, you might find that that, that might change and that could be a new skill set that you develop over this isolation period. Right? Correct, and being an, an agent that has to embrace change and learning how to be a better agent, I'm going to have to do that, Sherry, realistically. So. Hey, Sherry, I teased him and said to him, um, I've just lost him for a second, but I teased him and okay. said, I'd give him some of my old OFI callback sheets. <laughs> I love it. I love it. James and Louise, thank you so much for joining us on the Build Your Best Life podcast and really looking forward to watching this whole Marshall White Mornington Peninsula journey unfold. Oh, thank, thank you. you Appreciate your time. Thanks for having us. Okay, thank you. Wow, you can certainly see why I was so pumped about today's episode, so much so that I wanted to make it a bonus episode. And not only for the hot goss and the fact that, you know, Marshall White are now opening an office in the Mornington Peninsula and that James Tossovan is going to be working in two locations, one in Melbourne and one in the Mornington Peninsula, but also, you know, the fact that the quality of the content really was so absolutely, you know, vital and key and so informative in this podcast episode. So today we talked a lot about systems and structures. We talked a lot about leveling up. We talked a lot about accountability. We talked a lot about being a good person and really creating those heart to heart relationships and long term relationships with your clients instead of having this kind of burn and churn mentality, which is what we have seen in the past from a lot of real estate agents. So this podcast simply would not have been possible without my amazing sponsor, List Ready. And when I told them about what it was that I wanted to do, which was providing exceptional education for agents all around Australasia they were absolutely in so thank you so much for not only supporting this episode but the whole entire series thank you so much list ready if you want more information on today's show all you need to do is head to sherrystora.com forward slash bonus now, thank you so much for, for tuning into this series because, of course, it has been a massive one about 
building your best life, about leveling up, about making change, and I've provided exceptional case studies of agents who have done exactly that. And if you want to make these changes in your life, I do, of course, offer my Build Your Best Life coaching program. The doors are currently closed, but they're going to be opening again in December. So if you want more information on this program, if you want to level up, if you want to build a celebrity profile, if you want to build a team, if you want to implement systems and structures, all whilst working less and creating this wealth and this freedom that you've always dreamt of, then perhaps this is the place for you. And if you want more information on that, if you want to head to the waiting list, all you need to do is go to sherrystora.com forward slash BYBL. Thanks so much for tuning in.